This is Retails, Conversations with Profit Protection, the podcast that talks direct with retailers about all things loss prevention, with your host, Nicole Smith. Did you know that the Profit Protection Future Forum is the only not-for-profit industry body promoting the interests of retail loss prevention professionals in Australia and New Zealand? Welcome to the show. On today's episode, I'm joined by some of our committee members. So welcome back to the show, Mark Boyd from Next Athleisure, Nick Smith from Chemist Warehouse, Veronica Denner from APG and Co, Neil Redfern from Redfern Retail Risk, and Mark Gentle from Checkpoint Systems. Due to prior commitments, we unfortunately don't have Matt Dick from David Jones, Glenn Forrester from Foodstuffs New Zealand, or Josh Gatt from Forever New with us today. But firstly, let me just say happy sixth birthday to the PPFF and congratulations on reaching this anniversary. From the outset, the PPFF has had the goal to position itself differently. And as retail loss prevention leaders, you've donated your time towards the goal of encouraging industry networking and collaboration because we all recognise that shoplifters will steal from every store, regardless of whether it's a supermarket, pharmacy or apparel store. And whilst retailers may compete with each other for shopper dollars, you are all united in wanting to fight the dishonest customer. To this day, the PPFF is the only non-for-profit organisation in Australia focused purely on helping loss prevention teams. And it's been a big couple of years and there's so many plans for the future. So what better way to celebrate being on the podcast, which was a PPFF brainchild, and we've also just passed our first birthday as well. So let's look at some of the milestones from the past six years. I'll start with you, Veronica. What's been some of the highlights for you? Um, apart from working with all you good-looking people, um, uh, my professional highlight um, definitely is seeing how much we have grown. Um, you know, we've got over 600 followers, I think 634 just to be exact. Um, we've grown from just doing forums um, to podcasts and, and many of them um, and the, the amount of people listening to them, the, just the reach um, internationally, um, it just blows my mind. You, you guys do an amazing job, by the way. Um, you know, could not have done it without you. Um, and, yeah, so the, uh, the committee has grown as well. Obviously, we've welcomed Glenn from New Zealand. Um, we're winning awards, the... The OSPA uh, were being recognised by others and other LP professionals and industries. We're just unstoppable at the moment in the PPFF. Impressive. Uh, yeah, totally. And on a personal level, um, for myself, being exposed to opportunities that I would never have um, had exposure or experience to do, like, like the podcasts, um, the, the committee has been super supportive of... Um, of me and very encouraging um, to someone who is naturally shy at first approach. Um, you've all been my personal confidence booster. Um, I've loved the fact that um, being a committee, committee member, people approach you whether by email or in person to ask you for advice as well. So um, in forums, if they or if they've listened to your podcasts, you know, and and I love the fact that I can um, coach and advise others um, due to my exposure with the PPF and involvement with the PPFs. That's Definitely. awesome that people have reached out to you. Yeah, constantly, constantly um, through LinkedIn, um, you know, if they've listened to the podcast or via emails, yeah, constantly. 
that's fantastic. What about you, Nick? How many events have the PPF had? And what do you think some of the standout topics um, have been that have generated a lot of discussion? Well, the PPFF started out with its first forum, I think it was about the five or six years ago, and um, it was just a one per year uh, type of event. And then obviously, as we grew into the next sort of second and third years, we, we did a second uh, edition in Sydney. So we actually now do one every, uh, uh, one in Melbourne, one in Sydney uh, in a year. The great thing about it is that we're not just recycling the event. We actually do a different event in Melbourne and a different event in Sydney. So where you get that uh, the same people who do come, um, get benefit by coming to two different events um, and then obviously regionalised people who uh, can only go to the one event still get a pretty a pretty standout sort of event. So, you know, for me, um, you know, it means you get a good, a good diverse mix of different people who come to these uh, type of events where they may only be able to get to a Sydney event. Um, and it exposes us a bit more as uh, if you're you know, obviously in that national capacity uh, to see who's out and about in those other states. So, um, you know, exciting news, hopefully for uh, for next year that we might expand even further. But, you know, at the moment, we're, I think we're killing it in Melbourne and Sydney and, you know, the numbers are grown and, and think, you know, it's just the, the events are getting bigger and bigger. The speakers are getting uh, more and more glamorous. Um, and, you know, in what, they're, in what they're discussing is, um, you know, great topics and they're, they're continuing topics that are happening within the, the network. I suppose for me, the standout uh, topics that we've had, um, obviously we've had Adrian Beck, which was probably a, a real highlight for me. I've seen him a couple of times now, but um, I love his sort of style and, you know, the uh, sell more, lose less type of uh, loss prevention version 2.0. Um, which is, you know, obviously keenly relevant for the, the area that I'm in. Um, he's sort of been a, a real standout for me. But, you know, it's even some of the smaller topics that even some of our committee members that have presented on, um, just talking about their uh, what's happening in their business, um, talking about real-life strategies, real-life uh, things that they've put in place that's either worked or haven't worked. And to me, that's pretty powerful because, you know, I trust people that I know. And so if they're saying that something works really well, well, geez, I want to get in on that. And, and even the first one that we had, which I uh, had uh, Dr. Emmeline Taylor in there, um, uh, that was the very first one that talked about her research and, uh, and things like that. So it's really gone from strength to strength over the over the years in, in what we're presenting and, and what people get out of it. And, you know, I'm pretty lucky as a committee member that I, I get to go along to all of them and, and actually experience it all and, and get benefit out of, out of it myself. We've had quite a diverse range of topics that people have spoken on from, you know, if I look at Adam Marsden doing the um, profiling to having Victoria Police, New South Wales Police, um, to having um, the drone people guy. like Adrian <laughs> drones. Like we've actually covered a whole lot of topics to make it um, a little bit more interesting. I think for me, I like the fact that it's, it's a half-day conference um, that, you know, people can get to that and, and each topic or each speaker is roughly half an hour. So it's not That's a sharp. death by PowerPoint type of event. No, absolutely. Got, the the, the, the information has got to be sharp. It's got to be relevant. Can't put you to sleep. Um, and, you know, you really got to get that info so you can go, look, I really want to get more on that. Well, then obviously, you know, from our um, – uh, information that we give out at the events and the, the website, things like that. You've got all the, the links to get more information from that person or that uh, that speaker. So, you know, they're the sort of key standouts that I, that I find. Mark Boyd, what about the attendance numbers? Um, how's that grown over the last six years? Yeah, look, I think um, I'm trying to cast my mind back to the first event I went to, to be honest, but I think it was probably about six years ago. And I think when I first landed in the country, um, 
you know, from coming over from New Zealand, obviously didn't know anyone and um, getting along to the first event was a great way to network. And I think there's probably 20, 30 people potentially there. Um, and then obviously over the last six years, it's growing to, I think, 80, 90 people um, turning up. And the the, the, the people that do come, are, you know, are, are varied industries across retail. It's not just sort of fashion or, or um uh, um, you know chemist warehouse or anything like that it's, it, it's all across every aspect of retail as well and even some from outside of retail I think we've had as well so to see to see it grow over the years from sort of 20 to 30 people to sometimes I think we've had to have discussions on our calls haven't we about reducing our numbers or finding a bigger venue because the interest has been has been that good yeah what about the benefits what as a I guess a two-part question. As a committee member, what do you get from attending the events? But for anyone who hasn't attended the events before, what, do, what what's the benefit of it for them? Well, I think, um, you know, as, as Nick's alluded to there and, and so did Veronica, was the, the quality of the people that we've managed to attract um, to speak at our conferences. Adrian Beck, is, you know, everyone knows him. He's a world-class, um, you know, um, world-class act in terms of how he presents and the, and the subjects uh, that he does um, and I think we've managed to get some really really good international speakers on which has given us some some real good credibility as well as obviously the committee members as well lending their expertise to it which is which has really given us a real credible um credible um, platform in which to grow um, and, and personally what I get out of it is you know I, I'm interested to see what's going on globally I want to understand what whatever what other problems people have got because other problems that people have got will inevitably become my problem so it's great to understand strategies um, you know um, issues or how people are dealing or, or coping with problems that um, either I've got or will have at some point in the future so personally get a lot of uh, growth out of it as well in terms of understanding what technology is um, what's what's happening across the world but also in terms of networking to forge new friends to forge contacts I think has, has been fantastic, especially for myself personally of coming over here, I guess, you know, as I say, six years ago and not knowing anyone. And um, uh, Josh, actually, obviously, shame he's not on today. Josh Gat was the first person I reached out to on LinkedIn. And um, I think that he was him that got me along to the meeting and encouraged me to come along and, uh, and, and have a look at it. So, you know, without, without that, um, I wouldn't sort of be uh, involved in it today. So it's been fantastic from a personal perspective. Yeah, I think those, uh, the networking part that we have afterwards, whether that's drinks or whether that's lunch or, or whatever it may be, I think that's kind of crucial because you guys rarely, like you're, you're so busy that you rarely sort of get time to sort of communicate and collaborate with each other and you know, knowing that there's someone that maybe not tomorrow, but in a week's time, a month's time that you can reach out to to say, hey, have you got any advice for me? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's been great. And as, as Veronica said, she's had people reach out to her. You know, I'm sure we've all had the same. That people have, you know, um, come back and said thanks for sharing, or um, thanks for putting me in touch with this person, or you know, appreciate some advice on, um, you know, whatever whatever it is they've dealt seen or they might have listened to the podcast now and which is another fantastic avenue and people have sort of reached out over still thanks for sharing uh, even today actually on linkedin someone's thanked me for sharing the podcast that you've just done recently on whisperly as well so that's it's given the opportunity for people in other countries or other parts of the of the world i suppose that um that do need help that they're that 
you know, the problems that they're facing are the same problems that are faced in Australia. So, or New Zealand, in fact, as well. So it's great that we can, we can bring that to people. Absolutely. Mark Gentle, we were going to kick off in New Zealand this year, but uh, unfortunately, due to COVID, we've had to put that launch on hold. But what do you think the response is going to be from the New Zealand retailers when PPFF comes to town? Yeah, so it's a real, it's a real shame, Nicole. I know the um, many of the retailers in New Zealand were looking forward to the event. Um, the Glen had done a terrific job over there, talking to all the key the key players. They they're a very professional group over there. They're very well informed. So for for us as a as a committee, being able to go and expand into New Zealand, it's not just us expanding there. We'd also expand our knowledge with um, the caliber of the people who would then be attending the event. So I think I, I think it's disappointing that we can't go. Um, but the good news is hopefully we can go to Perth next year. So I, I, am, I, I am hoping we can, we can move outside of Victoria. But um, I, I, we're, all, we're all hoping that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping. But, but I, I think, um, I, I think when, when we look at um, New Zealand joint, just having Glenn coming onto the committee, it's put a different twist on different experiences coming in um and but more important that collaboration there's more collaboration coming in because people see things from different angles different views so to me new zealand's just a start so what are the plans to take ppff to other countries outside australia and new zealand and where do you see um, ppff making the biggest impact well we've been asked um when you sorry, I'll take it back a step. When you look around the world, so Europe's got some quite good programs in place through ECR. The US has got some good programs through Alia. Um, but then, if you look in Asia, there isn't really anything that connects everybody from an Asian side. Uh, the Middle East have asked us to get involved in in the Middle East to bring some of the big retailers there together. So I think what we've got to decide is where does it make sense for us? And some of it will really depend now on borders reopening. So if borders reopen and we can go into the Middle East easily, then yes, let's look at the Middle East. Or if we want to move into Asia, whereabouts do we go in the ASEAN region as an example? Because we've had lots of input from the Thai retailers who would like to be involved. Some of the Filipino big retailers have asked, some of the Malaysian retailers have asked. So there's quite a, there's quite a hub in that golden triangle where something like the Profit Protection Future Forum would be very well received. But that's up to the committee. It's where I think um, I heard Phuket earlier and I heard Bali being mentioned. So <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess we've got to work that through a little bit. <laughs> I think that was that was Nick Smith and I saying that we would we would offer our services to those two. I can places. only help but volunteer. <laughs> but, but I think I think ultimately the, the the one thing the committee has done is that collaboration and sharing. So whether it's via the podcast, the website, the webinars, or the academic research, more and more people around the world are aware of what you guys are doing. So it's pretty impressive. Neil, tell me about some of the academic studies that the PPFF has commissioned to support loss prevention. And also, I want to talk to you about winning the OSPA last year and what that meant to the PPFF. Yeah, thanks, Nicole. Um, I I really love what everyone's um, talking about here. And and obviously, a lot of the key messaging that's coming out is just 
purely around the collaboration piece and we've been extremely fortunate as a Profit Protection Future Forum to have such a um, competent and specialised and engaged committee that just brings so much pedigree um, to the industry. And, and let's be honest, we're not the biggest industry um, out there. But the one thing that we do have is um, an excellent network of um, specialists that exists across all the organisations. And PPF certainly brings all that together um, and, and keeps us all communicated and provides excellent um, thought leadership in that space. One of the um, other aspects that you just mentioned is the academic um, uh, component to what we're delivering to market. Um, and we've always, um, as part of the PPF, wanted to have a really good balance between um, corporate subject matter expertise as it relates to um, security and loss prevention. We've always wanted to make sure that we have really good engagement with law enforcement and other government agencies that um, control risks within our industries. And, um, and the balancing of all this through really good evidence-based rigour associated with um, academic study in the field is, I guess, that third pillar um, that really adds real credibility um, to what we're delivering uh, to the, um, the retail marketplace here in Australia and New Zealand. And we're really looking forward to, to I guess, padding that out and growing um, that aspect um, of, of the forum into the future to make sure that what we're actually giving back to the market is actually validated through um, robust research and it's not just people's feelings and thoughts. Um, so um, in 2019, um, Dr. Emmeline Taylor um, uh, PPF, did a study in conjunction with the, the PPFF and a lot of the committee members and, and delegates of the forum uh, participated in the Australian and New Zealand Retail Crime Survey, um, which was quite well received um, throughout um, the industry in Australia. And, and those sort of reports are really important for practitioners out there in the marketplace because it gives us a basis of fact um, as, we, as we know it um, in the Australian marketplace, which then obviously helps us um, produce things like internal business cases, et cetera, within our own organisations and, uh, and, and comes from some basis of fact. Uh, so that's a, that's a really good example. Um, we've got another example going on at the moment where um, Professor Michael Townsley from Griffith University is doing a, a, a body of research in relation to the effects of um, COVID-19 as it relates to retail loss prevention and, and what we within the industry are observing. Um, so that's going to be another excellent uh, opportunity for uh, real practitioners out there in the marketplace to give their uh, views and, and evidence in relation to the experiences that we're dealing with on a daily basis that um, collectively we can all learn from. And winning the OSPA? Yeah, the OSPA, that was that was certainly interesting. Um, for those of you um, who, who don't know what the OSPAs are, it's um, it stands for the Outstanding Security Performance Awards. And um, we, were, we were nominated and uh, in 2019 we were winner for Outstanding Security Partnership, um, which was a real reflection on the um, partnering that we do with retail in general across the entire uh, nation and, and the 
benefits that we're bringing um, to their shores in relation to thought leadership. And not only that, um, we're actually providing a really good vehicle, um, not only for the retailers, but a, a central location where law enforcement can come and share knowledge and interact with industry. And also um, uh, some of our academic friends are, are getting real good understanding around the problems that we're facing in industry, which is helping guiding research opportunities within the field. So, Nick, tell me what's happening in 2021? Pending, well, I, better, I better say, <laughs> in hope that the board is open and that we can resume what we've been doing in the past. Well, absolutely. Hopefully, exciting, uh, excitingly enough, it'll be the uh, the big three that we'll look at doing, which will be um, Melbourne, Sydney, and then Auckland, New Zealand. So that should be really exciting to uh, branch over to New Zealand, and it'll again, it'll be that that first taste into that New Zealand market uh, where we've already got a committee member and and getting uh, those guys uh, there in some of those um, in those regions to to obviously come along and, and share the knowledge um, and share the network. So, which would be uh, ultimately very exciting and I think with this year off uh, that we've had in this in this lockdown period I think there's going to be a real thirst for uh, networking and a thirst for um, you know, trying to collaborate again. Um, I also think there's going to be a whole bunch of new stuff going on because there's been another year of technology. There's been another year of different ways we do things. Um, you know, one thing that COVID's already sort of taught me in my sort of network is that we're going to do things differently uh, and, you know, this will, there'll, there'll be a new normal. So, you know, would I have ever heard of contract tracing before uh, the last couple of months? Absolutely no way, but yet I'm, I'm now an expert at it. So, um, you know, I think there's going to be some really key exciting things coming to 2021 and I think um, you know people who you know really want that sort of thirst for what's going on now in the network I think are going to be uh, excited with what's what's going to be uh, presented to them. I'm really glad you got the new normal in and I'm disappointed that none <laughs> of you have said unprinted at a time. <laughs> so apart from uh, holding forums twice a year what is I guess what's the dream? What's the dream for PPFF um, in the coming years? I'll start with you, Veronica. Um, actually, something that's just um, come to mind uh, in speaking about collaboration and you know getting um, other people involved and having people come up to us and um, asking for advice and stuff. Um, it, something we could maybe look into uh, is a mentorship program because um, I know. Uh, like I said, when I get contacted via emails um, from other LP um, LP managers, they are mostly asking for advice on how to do this. And from since the last podcast that we recorded, um, asking for advice on on the care packs that we created for stores as well. Um, so yeah, maybe um, some sort of a mentorship program where you know because we've all got a wealth of knowledge uh, and all in different um, retail sectors. So something we can share with, with the others and have a group of us that, that where we could um, mentor and coach, um, I think would be, yeah, great. Yeah, I think, I think that's a great idea. Nick? Um, I think it's just sort of getting out and about and, and you know, getting an expanded network, um, getting us all on the same page because we're all, even though we're competitors at heart, we're, we're all actually on the same page trying to... Um, 
to, to defeat the evil of uh, shoplifters and, and wrongdoers. Um, so I think we can learn a lot from each other. And you know, there's going to be someone out there that's not listened to our podcasts and, and not come to an event. I'd hope that there'd be very few, but uh, you know, th- there's going to be people who are going to come along with that. And then they're going to actually have a, a wealth of offering that they can give back to everyone else as well. So you know, for me, it's about ex- you know, expanding the network in, in terms of loss prevention and, and the experts within the fields um, to actually get um, you know, better resourcing and, and better ways of doing things which help us all to do our jobs. Mark Boyd. I, I think um, it'd be good. We, you know, we talk a lot about collaboration and I think um, how do we how do we pull people together to, to collaborate on that specific areas of crime? You know, I listened to the, the, the podcast with uh, the guy from Aurora. Um, you know, they're pulling a lot of information and stuff together and how do we how do we could we leverage that and and could um how do we share specific you know business crime related information between our members um you know very long the lines are similar to the sort of national business crime solution in the uk so you know how do we really really pull that collaboration piece together with um sharing sharing those types of of um, stats and discussing them and coming up with solutions on how we um how we tackle them yeah, because I think those figures are really important. It takes the emotion away from it. And when you're just presenting data, it's hard to argue against it. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, numbers talk, don't they? And, um, you know, if we can pull together some specifics, um, you know, around, you know, what people are, you know, we, we know we get lots of people asking us for topic topics to discuss at our meetings and having been able to pull you know, and then people will feel part of it as well. If they're contributing to the data as well, um, you know, um, then you can you can really pull that apart and have then, uh, you know, our subject matter experts and our, you know, our academics and stuff then start to look at that. And then we can, you know, coming up with the police involved and all these types of people that, you know, you can develop solutions together um, and workshop it or, you know, talk about how we're going to, how we're going to do it and what these next steps are. So I, I, for me, that, that, that I'd love to see a little bit more of that um, in terms of how we really pull this collaboration piece together and take it to the next level. Neil, what about for you? Um, well, I think um, if you just look at the um, uh, the growth of, of PPFF, particularly in relation to the podcast that's come about, and I just want to take this opportunity to thank you for your great work in relation to the podcast, being the host and the star of the show. <laughs> so well done, Nicole. Thank you. Um, uh, I, I think it's, um, and when I look back on my career in loss prevention over the last 25 years, you just never had anything like this where you could actually listen to people that are, uh, are such experts in their field and learn from them. And what I really like about that is when I go and um, work with clients, um, talking to some of the younger LPOs that are just entering the industry or, you know, may have one or two years experience, you know, they've, they've all got a seat at the table now through the podcast um, and they're actually listening and learning and, and growing um, their own skill set um, through listening to, to senior leaders and other experts in the field. Um, So that's a massive step forward. Um, I would really love to see more of the younger generation and and, and the people entering the LP industry get more actively involved in the forum in particular when we when we do come out of COVID and and re-establish. I mean the access 
um, for these aspiring leaders of tomorrow or people who are growing into the loss prevention field to interact with the more senior loss prevention industry people is just an amazing opportunity um, and would just really encourage all of those people out there to, to foster those relationships. And as Veronica said, you know, just reach out on LinkedIn um, and talk to these people. They're, they're all very willing um, to be involved and, and support you and, and answer questions where they can. Um, and I think that that's a, a really important to us as, as growing as a total industry. Absolutely. Mark Gentle, what's the future for PPFF for you? Um, evolving. Um, everything, everything we're, we're talking about is an evolution of, of, how we, of how we develop. And, you know, if, if we sat back six years ago and said, okay, what do we want to achieve in six years' time? we would have probably mentioned we'd like some sort of toolkit for loss prevention professionals that can utilize different templates, different skill sets. Um, we would have spoken about certain events. Um, and when you start to build all of this up, what, what we're really building is, is tools for people to develop over time and skills over time. But everything is so dynamic. Six years ago, we were very much focused on lost within a retail environment, whereas now we're talking about cyber, we're talking about all of these other issues and online fraud. There's all of these other subject matters that probably six years ago was not front and center of what we were talking at tables and how technology can help us. So I, I see us building depositories of knowledge, whether that's written, whether that's academia papers, whether that's via podcasts, whether that's via live events, so people can come and learn and share. And the question is, is how? How are we going to do all of this? Um, but I think every year we've set goals, whether it's been a doing a, releasing a white paper or whether it's making sure our events are, are current with what's happening in industry, then every year we've achieved the goals. So if we keep doing that, this will just keep evolving and evolving. Absolutely. And, ho and hopefully people have fun, yeah? People yeah. have fun when they come. That's the most important thing, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, team, we've uh, reached the final countdown, your final three questions. So this is going to be very quick fire. Veronica, if you could work in another area of retail, what would it be and why? Um, I'm going to give a really boring answer um, because I, um, I love policies and process and writing policies is one of my passions. Um, so if I was to work in another retail area, it would probably be operations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't uh, LP, it would be ops. Um, I, I love, like I said, I love policies and process. I also enjoy the investigations. That's the best part of my job is it's the um, investigating Um and yeah, like I, I don't, I wouldn't want to work in any other retail areas. But if I had to choose one, it would be ops. Excellent, Nick. Um, I'd probably be the uh, social media uh, responder for the uh, for the company. I don't think I'd last long. Uh, yeah, they're going to say that again extremely well. <laughs> but I'd, I'd fire off a couple of really good ones, and then uh, and then I'd call it a day. I think it. Uh, yeah, I think you can reach out to a lot of people uh, on social media and uh, and uh, what have you. And I think you know if you have a bit of a cheeky sort of side to it, I think it's a bit of fun as well. Mark Boyd. Uh, I think it's got to be marketing. Um, 
you know, especially seeing these marketing people walking around with loads of free stuff that they seem to, <laughs> seem to get rid of. Um, and then going to all the sponsorship events and uh, and all that type of stuff. So um, I think it'd have to be some, something to do with marketing, I reckon. <laughs> Neil Redfern. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd probably, just the way the world's heading, I'd, I'd probably choose like um, cyber, cyber security area part of the business and IT. It is very very interesting um, discipline and very interesting growing topic. So it would be something that, um, yeah, I'd be interested in having a more detailed knowledge of into the future. And Mark, gentle? Oh, I, I think I'd work in a hardware store. It'd be like Christmas every day. <laughs> and the other thing I can do, I can tell people when they can't come in now as well. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, Veronica, if you could change anything in loss prevention, what would it be? Um, to have a formal education process or a formal certification. Um, you know, we're, we're all long-standing LP managers and back in the day all the training is done on the job or on, on the shop floor. Um, and that's all good to start off with, but, you know, in our role, our roles are actually really critical to the business and we, we hold the key to so much data information and sensitive information as well. Um, so we also deal with a lot of the legal issues. Um, you know, you know, you need to know your rights and your employee rights and your shoplifter offender rights. Um, so all of this takes years of experience um, to learn. So whereas, you know, if you have the formal education to support you, you can advance and grow further quicker. Or it's also, you know, for um, uh, seasonal LP managers who want to broaden their skill set as well. So I just wish, you know, there was some sort of education. Nick? Um, for me, it'd probably be hitting a reset button on loss prevention to what we used to do or, you know, I look there just the security guys and, you know, and they now do this. Uh, you know, really hitting the reset button on what we do and what we perceive to do um, and obviously the level of professionalism and education and, and skill that is actually involved in that. And, you know, as I said, sometimes people just think, oh, you're just the security guards walking around or, you know, back in the office. And it's like, well, no, we actually do considerably more and, you know, that's getting more and more uh, applicable now that there's, there's so much more that we do other than uh, just catch a shoplifter or just catch uh, team members stealing. So for me, it would probably just, you know, getting a reset on the perception of what loss prevention actually does. Mark Boyd? Yeah, I don't know if I change anything in. I guess from a, I'd like to see more loss prevention people change the mindsets of the businesses that they're in or other businesses, I think, to recognise, you know, to what the guys are saying, to recognise the value that the function can add. Um, and I'm not sure if we, you know, we do a good enough job of it, um, really. And I think it'd be good going back to Veronica's point about how do we coach, mentor and train people. And, and Neil's point about the young guys coming through is giving them the skills to be able to do that, to be able to, to really fight the cause of, of protection, loss prevention, risk, whatever it is it's called, and, and really add the va- show the value that that function adds to it to a business. And um, I'd like to see, I'd like to see that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Neil? I totally agree with what, what the guys are all saying. I, and it's, it's really um, a representation of, of what Adrian Beck talks about with um, total retail loss. And that's why I'm such a firm believer and an advocate for what that research is telling us is that we actually do have to evolve 
bigger than shrinkage management and we have to be more diverse because the the skill of the guys and and the girls out there in the field is 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 more than capable of taking on additional responsibility to look at profit eroders that exist within the organization in totality um, and if you look across organizations and you look at the sheer amount of dollars that are are out there as an opportunity to increase the profitability of an organization uh, it only makes sense that we we broaden our approach and expertise to to help our um, organizations and mark gentle um, I, I, I'll probably answer it, it very similar to, to, to what everyone said, but we, we are going to see a com- compressed economies as we go forward, um, which, which means we are going to see, unfortunately, in the short term, higher unemployment. And normally when we see higher unemployment, we see theft increase. And I don't think in, in many organizations people realize the importance of a strong loss prevention team and a loss prevention team that has the ear of senior executives within that organization. So if we can help steer the importance of loss prevention to help an organization navigate through the next 12 months, I think we'll do a good job. And lastly, Veronica, your advice for anyone wanting to get into the field of loss prevention? Um, just like you know what we're, what's, we've, what's been said before, it is a it's a multitasking, ever changing role. Um, so you need, uh, I feel like nowadays you need to have some knowledge of the online shopping processes. You also need to be sound in your WHS processes. Um, if the LP role you are applying for doesn't include or incorporate any of um, the online piece or the safety piece, then I feel, in my opinion, that it'll probably not be a long-standing LP role. Um, so I feel the LP role has evolved and has become more operational. And, and like Neil said, it's a whole loss management, total retail loss. It's not yeah. just a store-based loss prevention role. Yeah, Nick? Uh, for me, it would be just don't be greedy. You can't run the place overnight. You've got to uh, do some hard yards out in the field to, to get there. And, you know, you've got to get the different roles to learn the different aspects um, uh, of what loss prevention is all about. And, you know, if you get those sort of roles that Veronica's talking about where they don't have an online part to it, well, your next role's got to make sure it's got to have something to do with it because you've really got to have that that toolbox that's actually jam-packed full of uh, tools and strategies to, to save loss for a company. So, you know, for me, it's, you know, make sure get a you know a good company, get a great mentor, um, and then you can you can go places. But yeah, if you you're there five minutes and think that you're looking for a national role or a group role, um, you need to you need to check yourself a little bit just to see where uh, where things are at. <laughs> Mark Boyd. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I, I think the the other thing I would add is treat it as a career. Um, you know, because we've all had long all of us here have had long distinguished careers in it. And I think if you go in with that sort of attitude um, and you've got to be incredibly flexible um, and you've got to be able to, um, you know, pick your battles, I guess, and and, and fight the wars that you know you can win. Um, But I think to Neil's point is read up as well. There's a lot, it's a huge amount of, um, um, stuff out there now in terms of papers and academic, um, you know, stuff that read up on that and, and really understand, um, really understand the subject. So if you're going for interviews at a, you know, it's a business that you're able to quote these type of figures and this type of research um, as well. I think I think that's quite good. Neil. 
Yeah, probably my my all-time favourite, which I keep referring to, but I don't think, uh, I think people sort of resist it a little bit and some people are great at it and some people aren't, but the power of physically networking with your industry, whether it be through LinkedIn, um, your, your peers within the industry, not only in Australia but overseas, um, it's critical to the development of, of loss prevention professionals that are choosing it as a career um, and their recognition and, and understanding of who's in the industry. So uh, for me, that's probably one of the things that I um, really spend a lot of time doing in a, and growing my own brand and growing my expertise um, and just really encourage anyone that um, I'm involved with in mentoring to make sure that they are uh, networking with the um, industry peers. And Mark Gentle. Um, I, I think um, my, my observations and listening and talking with people in the industry, it's one of the most diverse careers that someone could enter into. Um, it's consistently changing. Um, everything you look at has an underlying challenge. And at the same time, you've got to be able to manage within your own organization in a, in a political, factual manner. So for anybody entering into this space, it's a long-term, as the guys mentioned, career, but one that will continually evolve and people's skill sets will continually evolve. And there's not many industries like that. No, very true. Great advice from all of you. So thank you. And team, thanks so much for joining me today to talk about the PPFF. Congratulations on a fantastic six years. And uh, I'm sure we all look forward to future events and meetings. And I guess now is a critical time for the industry to know that we are here supporting you. So feel free to reach out to our PPFF committee um, via the website, which is www.profitprotection.co. If you'd like to get in touch with any of our committee members, you can also find them all on LinkedIn and uh, or email us via the PPFF website. And we'll put all the contact details in the show notes. You can subscribe to this weekly podcast via iTunes, Google Podcasts and Spotify. And there's a link to download episodes and show notes on the PPFF website. So that's a wrap for season three of Retail's Conversations with Profit Protection. We're going to take a short break whilst we prepare for season four. Thank you so much for subscribing, rating us and the feedback we've received. We've got some more great topics and speakers lined up for season four. And on a personal note, I'd like to thank our producer, Manu Prasanna, for all the work that she puts in behind the scenes to get this podcast edited and ready for you to listen. I hope you'll join me in a couple of weeks so we can keep talking all things profit protection. Thanks for listening to Retails, conversations with profit protection. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe via iTunes, Google Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to find out more about the Profit Protection Future Forum, head to ProfitProtection.co or find us on LinkedIn. Drop us a message on info at ProfitProtection.co with feedback on our show.